Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is when you are tuning into the Leading into Leadership podcast. I'm grateful to have you joining me for episode 32, which features a conversation with Dean Packard. Now, who in the world is Dean Packard? I'm so glad you asked. Dean is the middle school principal at Charlton Middle School, where he's actually served as principal for the last 15 years, and prior to that, was an assistant principal in the same building for five years. So do the math, folks. 20 years as a school leader in one location. Dean is kind of a rarity. But Dean is not just a school leader. He is also the co-host of the Unlock the Middle podcast, one of my absolute favorite education podcasts. And he is part of an education family. His wife is a teacher as well. We got together and had an incredible conversation, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. First, have you ever found yourself in a situation that you thought you were extremely well prepared for and then found out you weren't as prepared as you thought? Well, if you are, you're not alone. You see, that was me my first year as a building principal. I really thought I was prepared for the role, but once I made that transition, I quickly discovered that my head was far below water. I joked often that I was breathing through a snorkel, but the truth is, I wasn't getting that snorkel above the water either. It wasn't until my superintendent brought in leadership coaches for all the leaders in our district that I really made that transition, that I became the leader I knew I could be. You see, having a leadership coach is not something bad. It's actually something excellent. The very best leaders are going to have someone there to provide that third point perspective to be a sounding board, and just simply to provide support. Imagine being able to work with an award-winning principal, somebody who has been there and done that and done it at a high level. That is leadership coaching from Road to Awesome. Reach out and connect with me. Let's give you a free consultation, a conversation around what is going well, what are some of your challenges, And how can we put a package together to support you to be the absolute best leader for your school? Imagine moving away from being a firefighter and starting to be the leader you know you can be and that your school deserves. Reach out. Let's have a conversation. Let's get you moving forward as a leader on the road to awesome. Pay attention, folks, as we go into this episode with Dean Packard. I'm going to interrupt twice, and they'll be short, but one of the interruptions is an incredible challenge. It's an opportunity for you to win some RTA swag, and you won't want to miss it. The second is an opportunity for you to get registered for the Teach Better Conference and save 50 bucks. I'm talking $50, folks, off of your registration fee for the Teach Better Conference this October. Those two things are coming up during this episode. Enjoy this conversation with Dean Packard, and I'll see you on the other side. Dean, it is great to have you here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Man, I've really been looking forward to this conversation with you. Um, 
obviously I've had the opportunity to be on your podcast. Now, uh, now we get to flip it over and have you here. So thank you so much for joining me on Leading Into Leadership. Uh, Darren, thank you so much. You know, I'll tell you what, from our last opportunity we had together, I, I could see that what you do, you are just in that called that positive vibe mode, where you just get out there and make things happen. And, and anytime I can connect with people like yourself, it just makes me a little better at what I do. So really, I really appreciate being here. Yeah, right on, man. So uh, just real quick, I guess, for uh, any of my listeners who don't know who Dean Packard is, <laughs> give them uh, just a real quick elevator. This is who this is who you are. Well, I'm a little bit older than I think. You know, I'm a, you know, I'm at age 54 right now. I still feel like I'm about 20, so it's all good. Uh, no, my name is Dean Packard. I am currently the principal at Charlton Middle School in Charlton, Massachusetts. I've had a great ride. I call it a great elevator ride from uh, my beginning days in 1992 to where I am right now. And um, I've been really blessed. I've mean, been a classroom teacher for 10 years, uh, an assistant principal for five, and then for the last 15 years, a principal in the same building, mind you. So I've been in a leadership role at Charlton Middle School now for 20 years. And I feel quite blessed because I've been able to really cultivate relationships with my staff to a level that it's our school is just that place. It's uh, we have we have staff members that just get kids. And uh, anybody who is in the field of education knows that relationships come before content at any time. And it's something that we preach. And, uh, you know, I, I feel blessed. I don't know where my career is going to take me, but I know that there are bigger and better things somewhere down the road. But right now I'm just enjoying every day, Darren. It's, it's such a great feeling. Yeah, that's outstanding. Um, Twenty years in leadership in the same <laughs> building, man. You're uh, you're you're kind of a unicorn, you know. There's there's not a lot of people who do that, man. I've recalled a lot of things. You and, <laughs> you, and, you and Silverman might be the only two on the planet that can uh, say that. Uh, say you know, th thanks for reminding me. There are other places out there that yeah. I should, probably should look at, but uh, you know what I find uh, interesting? No, this is the town I grew up in, so that's the nugget that I left out. So as a little boy, this was my town. And uh, I got married and moved one town over um, to Dudley, which is still part of the regional school district that I'm in. But to be able to give back and just remember what our town was like when I was just a kid and, and now see it really booming. And, you know, the latest thing is an Amazon coming into our town, which is big, you know, a warehouse. So things are happening. Everything evolves. So, so I got to ask since you bring that up um, to your town, you grew up in the town. Did you go to Charlton Middle School? Charlton Middle School didn't exist at that point in time. The, ah, the irony of it all is my father uh, grew up in this town and graduated from Charlton High School, and that no longer exists. So that's now the town library, the municipal side of things in town. But um, in, in the end, no, uh, Shepherd Hill Regional High School is the high school that uh, that I did attend here, and um, that still exists. Um, but again, uh, but I did go through grade school in this town, so all the way through. And some of those buildings have shifted and no longer here. And like I said earlier, we evolved as a town. So. It's uh, we have new schools that came about in 2000 and uh, our school is like the Taj Mahal and it's a, it's a good place. That's awesome. Uh, that's that's really cool. So 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 you're working in middle school and uh, this is something that uh, especially to stay in middle school for 20 years. Um, you know, I my first five years, I was a middle school teacher. I, saw, I taught uh, eighth grade science, coach middle school football, middle school basketball and uh you know, still have, you know, some great relationships with, with those kids, you know, 20 something years later, they're not really kids anymore, but to me, they'll always be kids. Right. Um, that's a long time to spend at the middle school level. Um, tell, tell me what, what drives your passion to, to work with middle school kids, to work with middle school teachers, um, as opposed to elementary or, or high school. 
Sure. I mean, it's a great question. I'll, I'll take you back a, a long time ago. In, in, in 1992, when I first started, I was the high school boys basketball coach at mm -hmm. Shepherd Hill Regional High School. And I remember getting a phone call from the superintendent at that point in time, Al Thibodeau. He says, I've got 200 applicants for a social studies job uh, on my desk. Uh, I want to know if you're interested. And I was certified at that point in time. And uh, I came in and I met with him and subsequently started teaching high school uh, in 2000, excuse me, in, in 1993. Um, so from there, you know, in 10 years at the high school level, uh, I had a tap on the shoulder by the existing superintendent at that point in time said, Hey, you know, I think you'd be good in leadership. And we all need that tap from somebody. And I remember the briefcase going in, just crushing my lessons, just setting that example, staying out of the teacher's room, you know, as much as I could and just doing my thing. And, uh, it paid off. And, you know, subsequently I got my, I got my, uh, my second master's in leadership and administration and some doors opened up. And, uh, and I remember uh, vividly uh, that there was an elementary principal opened up and, and I went, I went and I applied for it. And I remember my superintendent going like this, he goes, mm -mm, not for you, not for you. And I, and I remember how crushed I was at that point in time. And then all of a sudden the middle school assistant principal job opened up and he kind of tapped me on the, on the shoulder again and said, mm -hmm, this one might be good for you. And uh, segueing out of the high school and into the middle school, I didn't know how much I was going to like it at first, but I'll tell you what, when you're around kids between the ages of 10 and 14, you really understand it's a magical time. You know, one might say that they're absolutely all over the place socially, emotionally, and, you know, they're growing physically and there are all kinds of issues. But I will say that is the best time to get kids to help them uh, mold their mindset of who they're going to become and develop their why like I have behind me, you know, because that we're the ticket to high school. And uh, so I, I came here in 2005 or whatever it was, and I haven't looked back. It's just been an absolute great joy ride. And, uh, you know, I like to think that there the are greener pastures out there at other schools. And then when you put time into cultivating something and create a culture that is just second to none, it's really hard to leave. And the relationships you get not only with your staff, but with the kids in the community, when it's deep, it's deep. You know, and uh, you go out and people know who you are. We put videos out. We connect. We market daily. Uh, we sell our why. We don't want anybody telling us what we're doing. We want it to be transparent. And it, it just becomes, I don't call it work. And what I call it, it's a fun time. And uh, I often I, I often smile. I get a paycheck every two weeks for doing something that I love. Don't get me wrong. There are issues, believe me. And, you know, in administration, we have to deal with all those things. But in the end, nah, there's just nothing better than, nothing better than the middle as far as I'm concerned. So much so that you have a podcast called Unlock the Middle. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Which which I think is outstanding. I mentioned earlier I've had the opportunity to be on uh, to yeah. be on Unlock the Middle and and uh, what the three of you guys have going on is just fantastic. And, and we're we're going to talk about the podcast maybe in just a little bit. But um, yeah. I want I want to kind of stay with with that middle school vibe. And you know, like I mentioned, you know, I taught uh, I taught at the eighth grade level and absolutely loved it. Uh, it was kind of interesting, you know. I uh, my undergrad is in secondary science and I was hired to be a seventh grade science teacher in Arizona. I lived in Wyoming. I grew up in Wyoming and I show up thinking I'm going to teach seventh grade science and boom, my, uh, my principal's like, nope, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you teach eighth grade science, which, you know, oh, it's one different grade level. Well, it's life science versus um, uh, physical science and uh, which wasn't necessarily a strength for me. But what I found was I truly loved working with eighth grade kids. And I, I still got to be with seventh graders because I, like I said, I coach football, coach basketball, that kind of thing. But it was really interesting. And, and you talked about this just a little bit, seeing the kids as they grow and as they mature and as they change. I mean, they go through so much in middle school 
um, you know, when I went to the high school level, um, there was a gap between, you know, uh, the kids that I had had at the middle school level. And then when I got to the high school, there was about a year gap. And obviously they continue to grow. They continue to get bigger and, and you know, and, and more mature and in some cases less mature. But um, I found it just really exciting to watch that growth and development of the kids you know, through that process, do you ever find yourself just like in the hallway, just taking that all in and just kind of like, man, you know, look at, look at this kid who just came around the corner. I remember two years ago when he was in sixth grade being, you know, 82 pounds and now he's, you know, whatever. I don't know. Any experiences with that kind of stuff? Yeah. You know, we get, uh, you know, indoctrinated with the families at the age of 10. And you know physically the growth between 10-year-olds and 14-year-olds, it, it's it's massive. And, you know, it's funny. I'm working out in the gym the other day, and a kid taps me on the shoulder. Mr. Packard, is that you? And I'm like, yeah, well, he's 24 now. And he goes to me, you know, I got to say thank you. And I go, for what? He goes, all those talks, all those things you did, all those town hall meetings, all those developing the why. You know what? I'm one of the top in my class right now. And, you know, I graduated and, and and I just, and I'm doing great things. I'm in engineering. And, you know, I often thought back about all the things that you said, but I never had a chance to thank you. So again, going back to that, that awe moment. Yeah. You know, we walk the hallways, we see the kids, you know, I like to be the first person that they see every day, whether it's snowing out, whether it's raining out, you know, greeting them. And, uh, you know, we teach kids over content. And I, I'm going back to what you said, Darren, about teaching uh, eighth grade science. I don't care if you're in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, or eighth grade. We teach kids first. The content is the secondary part of this because in, in Josh Tova's words, you know, kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if you can take that anywhere you go, and no matter what level, high school to elementary, you're going to find that kids are going, they're going to react to you. And they're going to react in a way that's just going to allow them to become themselves. And really, that's what the middle level does. And uh, yeah, I do find myself in a hallway just, you know, having conversations with kids, just, you know, I try to find somebody new. I try to find somebody who's just, you know, maybe not talking and just sit with them at lunch or, or do those type of things just to say, Hey, this is your place. How can we make it better? And take their, take their feedback and bring, try to bring it to the table. And that's how, that's how schools evolve. This isn't about Dean Packard. This has nothing to do with me. You know what I do? I steer the ship. And then I try to bring everybody else's voices in and try to make our school the best it can actually be. Pardon the interruption, but I just got to ask, are you enjoying this episode as much as I am? Do you absolutely love what Dean Packard is bringing to the table? Do you know somebody else who might enjoy this as well? Folks, here is a road to awesome challenge for you. We want you to help us grow our audience. We are giving away five Road to Awesome swag packs, which includes the Road to Awesome shirt of your choice, a sticker pack, and your choice of any book published by Road to Awesome. And all you've got to do is share this episode or any of the episodes from Road to Awesome's Leaning into Leadership podcast on social media and tag five people who you think would really love Leaning into Leadership. Tag me, that's Darren Peppard, as well in that social media post to enter. Our winners will be announced in episode 36. That gives you four weeks. Get those tags out there. Get it posted. Help us grow our audience. Help other people join in on the fun with the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. And now back to Dean Packard. That's, that's outstanding right there. And, and you know, let's, let's go right to what you just said about steering the ship. 
Um, as, as I was listening to you talk, it made me think about getting the right people on that ship. I mean, it, it's one thing, you know, to steer the ship in the direction that you want to go as the leader. But a lot of that goes into how you mold both the culture of your school and how you how you put the right members on your team. So you've been at your school for quite some time. Let's talk about the hiring process, your hiring practices that that you I'm going to assume and I'm going to probably put words in your mouth here, Dean. But, you know, you've got to be intentional about putting the right people in the right rooms. And and it's not about necessarily what they know about content. It's about kids. So um, talk to me a little bit about it. And I guess more importantly, share with our listeners what what are you doing when that hiring process begins, how, how are you getting voices involved? How are you making sure you're putting the right people on your team every year? It's, it's really interesting that you bring that up. Right now, I'm in the process of hiring a course slash general music teacher. I'm going to have a computer teacher that I'm going to have to hire that somebody's taking a leave of absence. It all, it all starts off with this. I find the people who are in the trenches that work collaterally with them. I develop a team. We develop a set of questions. But aside from the questions, interviews, I, I think they're stuffy. I don't like them. Anytime somebody comes in, I tell them we're having a conversation about a potential opportunity for your future. That's all that I say. I say, take a deep breath. Let's just dig in. Let's find out personality. One of the greatest things that I think I've gotten better at over the years is I'm a great judge of the it factor. Okay. And the it factor is what separates the average person from the person that I know that's going to break down walls and get through those barriers to be the best that they can be. Now, don't get me wrong. I make sure that anybody who's working collaterally with this individual we're going to hire is there and they have input. But at the end of the day, I'm responsible for putting personalities together that are going to make strong learning teams. And at the middle level, we have teams, which is really good. So you have four content area teachers that are making up a team for kids in each grade level. And the only people that are really more isolated would be our unified arts teachers who have to work kind of in silos, but they still have to have the same mindset. And if it's not generated through what I would consider that growth mindset about dreaming about tomorrow, you're not going to be part of our team. And over time, you know, when I first got here, we were able to remove some of those barriers and some of those thinkers that just didn't see what tomorrow could be like for kids. Because in the world of education, what happens is it's a very safe place for people. The fair way for some types of, some types of educators is really, it's kind of big. I mean, you have to do something pretty bad to get yourself into trouble. But I always say, and I start off faculty meetings or bring in new people, whatever, what are you dreaming about? What can education look like tomorrow? Why do not stand still today? Because when we're gone, this is still going to evolve. And then you got to find the purpose. And you know what? And everybody's purpose and their why, and that's why I had up behind me right now, that drives you, okay? You can have a job or you can have a job, okay? And what I mean by that second part of a job is you can love what you do and continue to be good at that and continue to grow. And it's my job as a leader to try to poke that bear and try to ensure that you're growing personally, professionally, and collegially. Because again, across the across the board, you have an obligation to share your best practices. You have an obligation to be able to get into the trenches, take risks. You have an obligation to make sure every one of those kids that step in your room have the absolute best version of you possible. Because if you don't, we've got one shot. And I'll tell you what, I never want to be one of those schools where the state comes knocking and says, what are you doing? You got too many suspensions. Well, your culture is horrible. I'm looking at the feedback from your teachers. You have transitional elements. You have people leaving every year. Nobody leaves the school. I have to force them out and tell them it's time to retire. Okay. But I will tell you what, right now, 
I'm starting to see a little bit more with budgetary cuts and, you know, and new, new, new people coming in. Uh, maybe those days of being in the same place for 30 years is going to start to go away. I don't know. I hope not. But again, my job is to provide as much support, as much encouragement, and as much empowering that I can do to help anybody reach their goals. And it doesn't matter where it is. It's their personal best. It's something that you're you're clearly very passionate about, and I think uh, you know this is why I, I think you and I have have clicked so much over the last you know year or two that that we've gotten to know each other. Um, very much about building a culture that is driven by everybody. Um, this isn't just you said it earlier. This is this is not about Dean Packard. This is about the entire school, about the the entire community. And building a place that that clearly it sounds like everybody feels like they're part of something special. How do you how do you go about empowering those that are a part of your team, all of your teachers, your paras, your your custodians, your um, bus drivers? I mean, fill in the blank. How do you go about empowering them to own that culture? Because what you're talking about doesn't happen if it's just driven by Dean. This this has to be owned collectively. What, what are some things you're doing intentionally to make sure that, you know, the, the folks down in, you know, down in the central kitchen know that they're a part of something special just as much as, you know, one of your one of your core teachers? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, you have one shot at creating a learning community and that learning community has to be marketed by me at the top, but also the people in the trenches. Um, visibility is probably the single most important thing you can do. Uh, being a good listener is probably the second most important thing you can do. And following through with the things that they need and making sure that you show that you have credibility with them. Um, at the end of the day, you know, any leader that's worth their, their weight, um, they are they're, they're just good listeners. They are, they're thinking about tomorrow, they're planning, they're strategizing, but they're allowing the input to come from the people who are in the trenches. And that's where the bottom line is. I love my bus drivers. I see them every morning. They're, I'm the first person that they see. They're getting away from me. They're, they're, their window's open. Hi, Mr. Packard, how are you? And I'm, I'm going back with them, okay? Every single day I'm out there. Uh, you know, cafeteria workers, custodians. My, my, my custodial engineer staff is, I'll put them up against anybody. They, they lose more people every year due to the fact of our budget and the building is just just immaculate. Uh, I have what's called, well, I have, excuse me, I don't use the word I. We have what's called the first impression syndrome. You've got one shot to make sure that everything is done the right way. Because if you don't do it the right way, guess what? People will then tell their story of what they think about you or where you're at. So again, I don't care if it's the landscaping out front. I don't care if it's the foyer you when you walk in. I don't care if it's the smiles that you get from the uh, secretaries when the first people that they see, we're all on the same page when it comes to that. Because that is what I call setting the stage for success across the board. Cafeteria, we feed the most people. It's the largest restaurant in our town, for crying out loud. So you know what? You do put your smile on. You do put your innovation hat on. You do make sure there's food that kids want. You want to make sure that that stuff is getting out there. And I'll take pictures of that. I will market that out. What's on the, what's on the menu for today? I'll put that on Instagram. I've got four or five different social media stuff that I put out there for. But I also tell my staff to take that risk. And sometimes that risk is very difficult because not everybody is, is, is set up to be able to utilize the social media aspect of marketing like everybody else because everybody's afraid of what someone's going to say or you're going to do something wrong. Yeah. And I've always said, if you have the best interest of kids and doing what you love at heart, no one is ever going to question what you put out there if you're marketing it.
ever. It's when you put your own spin on it and it doesn't doesn't resonate with the core values of what your school is all about. Then you get yourself into trouble. But I will tell you what, whether it's my head, my head cafeteria worker who is a rock star, she was a student here for crying out loud. I look for that. I've got people who are students. My, my Spanish teacher that I just hired, she was a student here. I bring those people back because they're in the community. And whenever I can hire somebody from the community, I do. Okay, only because what it does is it creates that ripple effect, that legacy effect. And I think it is so important. My custodian lives in town with me as well. He's here 24 seven. He lives this place. And to me, I just kind of smile and I get out of his way. And the other part from the leadership standpoint, leaders, if you're listening out there, get out of their way. Give them the keys to drive what they're doing and let them drive. And if they steer off the road a little bit, bring them back. But at the end of the day, if you're not empowering people to take risks and be their authentic selves, you're not going to get what you want in the classroom, in the cafeteria, within your building maintenance department, or anything. So again, that's the part of leadership that over the years I've gotten better and better at. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think when I first started, I was pretty much kind of more of an ego guy. I had to do everything. I had to be the one. I've learned to let go. And now what I do is I smile. I smile and watch it happen. And you know what? They come to me and they say, am I doing this right? And I'll just go, Absolutely. If it feels wrong, you're going to know it's wrong. Okay. If I'm getting phone calls. I'll let you know. But until then, I got to help you make yourself the happiest version of you I can. And that's by just letting you go. Do it. I love that. You know, the more, uh, the more we are willing to, to just get out of the way. I love how you said that. Just get out of the way, let them drive. Um, I had a, a teacher of mine who once uh, described my leadership kind of, kind of similar to what you're saying as being the, the driver's ed instructor, you know, like he's like, Hey, you know, you let me drive, you sit in the passenger seat, you tap the brakes if it's necessary, but otherwise you let me do my thing. And I love that you're doing that too. And speaking of doing your thing, um, I was, I was recently on, on your, your Twitter profile um, wasn't stuck and, you know, was just checking some things <laughs> out. And uh, I noticed your pinned tweet is a video of you celebrating a new member of your yeah. staff. And I know that that's not well, a really. unique one-time kind of thing. You, know, you mentioned the use of, of Instagram and, and other social media avenues to tell the story of Char uh, Charlton Middle School. Talk a little bit more about that. What, what's some advice you would give leaders around I guess, being empowered to tell that story. We know how important that is. Uh, you know, I, I first start off by saying, don't be afraid. You know, social media is a daunting tool. It's, a, you know, you, you can't be afraid to get in front. You got to feel, you got to feel as though you have the ability and the, uh, the inner power to be able to say, I'm going to make sure I tell my story the way that it should be told. Uh, the one that you're talking about that's pinned, um, she's, a, she's a, a teacher who transferred out of the high school uh, and due to some, uh, some cuts, ended up here at the middle school. And I said, are you kidding with me? I'll take her in a heartbeat. I knew she was a rock star. And I said, you want to know what? I'm going to let the world know she's a rock star. And I go, and again, I'm going to go back to saying we have one shot at doing that. So a four minute video um, is just well worth it. It's just, it's simple. It's easy. And quite frankly, um, you can tell a lot about somebody in that short period of time. And the feedback I get is, you know, the likes, the hearts. Okay, this is great. And, and, and again, we open that window up. And it's not only for that individual. I did it for all of them. Uh, everybody that we hire new, we do a, a press release. <clears throat> this year, we just opened up a whole press release section of our library. You know what I'm working towards, uh, Darren, which you'll really appreciate? I want kids doing the press releases, not me. I'm going to slowly that. try to get myself out of that. And I'll go on to do whatever. I'll coach them. 
And I think that's what I need to do, really. <clears throat> I think that's fantastic. I mean, the more the more we can give our kids the opportunity to lead, like right now, um, yeah, I was really big on doing everything we could to find leadership opportunities for high school kids. And, and I would get some pushback sometimes from staff who were like, you know, well, you know, they can be leaders when, when they finish high school. And it, I, I see no reason not to let them lead now. It's the same thing is true at the middle school level. You know, they, they're going to be like the best ambassadors you can possibly have if you give them the opportunity. If you deny them the opportunity, they become ambassadors that feed the stories you're talking about that we don't want out there. You know, that people base it on, you know, a past experience or, you know, some rumor they heard from somebody else or, or whatever. Yeah, I know. I love that you want to empower your kids to do that. Isn't that our job? Isn't that part of the, the soft skills that are needed before you leave? God, I mean, Common Core came in. These are all things that, that are important. You know, core content, yeah, it is. We're going to teach you how to be thinkers. We're going to teach you how to be problem solvers. But we're also going to give you 21st century skills at the highest level that we can. And marketing is something in life you need forever. It doesn't stop. It just doesn't. That self-advocacy, that feeling of, of, of confidence, that feeling of, you know what, I've learned from my school that I can speak in front of a crowd and I can project an image and I can project a, uh, an idea and I can feel confident about that. That is a strong skill if you can get kids to do it. Now, finding kids who want to do it. If it was TikTok, I could get a lot of kids because they're in love <laughs> with it. Oh, I do have a TikTok uh, account. Shout out to Middle School. There you I go. Got to run with it. I do sing. Thank you, Josh Tovar. Again, find every medium where they're at. And I know I get the, those kids go crazy when I do that. And, and I get parents just saying, oh, my God, this guy is absolutely nuts. And yeah, I am. In a way, that means I have to connect. And whatever it takes to connect, you got to find that way and just do it. Pardon the interruption, but have you registered for the Teach Better Conference yet? We talked about this in Episode 31 with Dave Schmidow. The Teach Better Conference is being held October 14th and 15th at the National Inventors Hall of Fame STEM Middle School in Akron, Ohio. This is going to be absolutely one of the very best conferences you can attend. And folks, if you haven't registered yet, I've got some good news for you. As the main room sponsor, Road to Awesome can offer you a $50 discount on your registration. Simply use the code RTATB. 2022 for $50 off your registration at teachbetterconference.com. I hope to see you in Akron, Ohio, October 14th and 15th for the Teach Better Conference. And now back to Dean Packard. Well, yeah. And not only that, though, I mean, it shows the passion that you have for your school, for your community, for your kids. I mean, nobody can fault you for that, that there is somebody who thinks they can find fault in that. They clearly, clearly have missed the message that that you're putting out there and don't understand really the purpose of what we do as educators. So um, let's let's dive just a little bit more. I want, I want to just go a little bit more into culture and talk about celebrations sure. and, and really those celebrations that occur at your school throughout the course of the school year. Yeah, number one, what are the things that you guys are wanting to celebrate? How are you identifying those things? And then what are you doing to to celebrate them. What, what does that look like at your school? 
Well, I think there's a lot of things we need to celebrate. You know, you being a past administrator, understand that your time is precious. You have to make the time to ensure that you get out in front and, you know, walk through different hallways at different times, go into different classrooms. You're going to find that there are multiple different uh, viewpoints from teachers. Some teachers don't want themselves to be celebrated. They like to keep it quiet. Yeah. I've broken down that barrier for a lot of them. And I just kind of say, hey, listen, you know, I want to celebrate the great teaching that's going on here. I want to celebrate the project-based uh, learning that's going on in your class. I want to I want to celebrate the uh, student engagement that's happening because those are things that are highly marketable, highly. You cannot you cannot debate those things. Um, but you know what? You, you know, we, we we just look at you know what is important about work. Work is about connectivity with kids. And anytime, I always tell them, I tell my staff, I said, send me a message, send me a text, send me a, an email. Let me know what's cooking in your classroom because I can't be everywhere at once. Uh, I'm finally getting, I probably have half of the half of the staff on social media right now, half of the staff telling their stories to the level that they're comfortable with, which is good. And I try to just make sure they tag me on that. Um, but everybody out there, you know, as well as I do, they all have one of these, okay? This is the easiest means and it's free. It's free. It doesn't cost a cent. And, you know, you can put a one minute message out there, uh, a photo of this, a photo of that, cons consistently do that. And you create what I call that uh, that positive vibe, that positive buzz uh, within your school. And it's not hard. It truly isn't. Snap a picture, put a caption on there. Tell the reason why this kid is smiling. Tell the reason why this teacher's a rock star. Now I got to figure out how do I do that? Like at a faculty meeting, maybe maybe bring something together. And, you know, one of the things that I do, I'm really going to push myself on this year is challenge challenging uh, staff members to to get on podcasts and listen and to to dig a little deeper and find other people who are in the trenches with them and listen, beg, borrow and steal. Nobody creates everything on their own in this business. OK, from a leadership standpoint, I've learned from great leaders. And what I do is I take a bit a bit here and a bit there and I add it to my own toolbox. And then I look at my personality and say, where will it fit? OK, but at the end of the day, we serve people. And we serve kids and we serve our communities. So the best way to serve that in sustainable fashion is by showing the great things that are going on. Yeah, birthdays. You know what? We'll do weekly shout outs. We do, you know, student of the month, student of the week. Uh, you know, I want to bring a version of uh, kids on for Unlock the Middle. And I want student perspective. OK, tell me what a great what great teaching is to, in your eyes. How do we how do we capture that type of thought? We're always asking for feedback. Why not ask the people that we're selling to? OK, it's been like taboo for a long time because you know what? This is all I know. And this is the only way I can do it. No. As a leader, I get better by asking your feedback. And guess what? You put it in the calendar and you shake it out and you say, OK, what couple nuggets can I add to my own toolbox to make me better? And, and again, I'll go back to the, the greatest teachers are the ones who aren't afraid to elicit and then take the feedback and grow because otherwise you get you get stagnant stuff and nothing is stagnant in this business anymore. It's just not it's, it's evolving so quickly. So uh, to put to answer your question, I'll go on a bus. I'll talk to a bus driver. I'll put out a podcast about what the bus driver thinks about how to start off the day. I'll go down to the cafeteria. I'll talk to the cafeteria manager. Give me 30 seconds about what's making you smile about making this uh, hamburger today. Why are you going to connect with kids? Head custodian, let's walk the building. Why are you so proud about this building? What makes this place your place? You know, again, identifying the why, really celebrating what's on their mind and not being afraid to cast it out there. It's not hard. Absolutely, man. I, I think that's awesome. I think, I think, especially with the podcast piece, with uh, with wanting to encourage your staff 
to get involved with listening to podcasts, to challenge them to share a podcast. Maybe it's, maybe it's even like, you know, like a rotating thing, you know, like, Hey, this is my week. I know I've got to share a podcast with, you know, with the entire staff, you know, here's something that, that I heard yeah. or here's something, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, I think there's lots of different opportunities. Gosh, there's so many great podcasts out there, out there right yeah. now. And I still think, and, and we're, we're both in the podcast space. I still think the podcast space is so untapped. There, there's really? just, we're just starting to, to see more and more people find their way into that. And so many people listen to podcasts on their commute or when they're working out or whatever the case may be. It's as we'll keep quoting Josh Tovar, I guess today, it's free PD right there at your fingertips, man. It's just, it's incredible stuff. So, so I'll be interested to hear how, how that goes. So let's, let's, let's jump to your podcast, Unlock the Middle um, Backstory. Where did that come from? Where was the idea? You know, it's not just you, it's, it's two other yeah, guys. No, it, it's, you guys uh, come together. Let's, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, again, my, um, my close friend and colleague, Chris Dachewski, the principal at Dudley Middle School, which is a sister school to us, uh, we were sitting around one time and just said, hey, listen, you know what? We've both been in leadership for a long time. What can we do to give back a little bit more? How can we how can we take our, our own personal capacities and become better? And we said, hey, why don't we start a national podcast? And we'll see what that does. And, you know, again, you take a, you take that risk, that leap. Uh, it started around a campfire. Uh, we were having a couple of cold lemonades and uh, just contemplating about what, what it would look like if we did this. And Next thing you know, we put together a little a little roadmap and uh, jumped on StreamYard and and started off. And uh, you know, I would have never met someone like a Josh Tovar or yourself, or never had an opportunity to have a conversation with, uh, um, you know, with Dave Burgess or, or Todd Whitaker or these people. Are just there, I mean, I, I've met so many great people. Evan Robb, uh, you know, Rita Wirtz. I mean, th these people are like champions in what they do. And they open up and they, they want to talk to you. So Chris and I, you know, after coming out of the gate, we, we've had over 300 episodes easily um, started off and it keeps growing. And, uh, and Josh has been like, Josh came on probably about a year ago and uh, he, he's like the, uh, the dynamite of the group. He doesn't stop. Um, you know, I always laugh because he's got 250 kids in his school. I said, I got 600. Okay. Chris has 500 and uh, we don't have every second of the day. And he's like, well, I do. So hence we, you know, Thursday night, we have in the, inside the red zone leadership talk, Tuesday night, principal's office hours, Sunday night, the flagship show of what we do and talking with authors and in other, you know, educational gurus around the country. All that stuff is so much fun. Um, I don't, I, right now it's not a chore for me because every time I talk to somebody, I take something away and we've created this library and I'll, I do a weekly email to my staff all the time and I'll pop one on there and I'll say, just watch it when you can, just watch it when you can. And I, and I just share it out. So we've got bigger plans. We're continuously growing. Um, it's just how big do you want to be and how much time do you want it to take up? It's a, you know, it, it's like your job. It's, it's not a job if you love what you're doing. And I love doing those podcasts because not only does it help me with, you know, speaking, uh, articulating your, your, your thoughts um, and, and, you know, and, and just connecting, but it gives you that greater sense that there's so much more out there and there are so many people that, you know, have been ultra successful that want to share their thoughts with you. And it doesn't take anything. Just listen, just listen and absorb. And, you know, we find that people just keep coming back for more. Absolutely. You know, the, the more, the more value you bring to people, the more they're going to keep coming back. And yeah. I know with your, uh, well, with your series of podcasts at, at this point in time, um, 
every single time I tune in, I know I'm getting value. I'm coming away with something positive. Uh, folks, I'll put all of the links uh, to uh, to Dean's shows uh, in the in the show notes. So you can check all of those out. Um, I know I'm going to be joining you again on, yep. I think, Sunday, August 28th. Uh, looking that. forward yep. to that. Um, come on and, and have a conversation. That'll be a lot of fun. So, um, again, like Josh says, it's, it's free PD. It's right there at your fingertips, and there's so much great stuff. So much great content that is there. So make sure, folks, that you go and, and check out all of the work uh, that uh, the Dean and Chris and Josh have been doing together because it really, it's fantastic. It really is, and honestly, you're going to get some great laughs out of it too. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just a, a whole lot of fun without without question. So, so Dean, let's jump to the last question, the, the same question I ask everybody on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, and that is right now, Dean, what are you doing to lean into leadership? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, not only reading books and things of that nature, but I'm going to go back to the podcast. I mean, for me, time is precious and I got so many things I'm trying to do. So I'll be listening often. I'll reach out. We've got quite a little following right now. Um, there are just there are just so many people that are willing to be able to share their stuff with us. Um, and, and you know what? What I try not to do, I'm not trying to absorb too much, but I have to make sure that I absorb enough that I'm a little bit. I put myself in a position to show that I'm building my capacity because that's all I ask of any teacher in my building. When I say to you, when I say to them, what are you doing personally to build your own capacity to become a little bit better? I got to be able to model that. I got to be able to say, hey, listen, here's a book that I'm reading right now. Here's I mean, I never stop. You, you know, from a past administrator, the million emails that come to you, you're reading through all that stuff. You're at the Department of Education website. You're reading all the stuff that they're putting out. You're making sure that you're in compliance, you're making sure you're hitting the checklist. But you also got to find the time to balance for you and, you know, the purpose of what you're doing. I am just in my infancy of leadership. Um, I'm looking forward to continue to grow. I'm looking forward to be able to give more of myself and to serve at a higher level. Um, and that doesn't come just sitting around by my pool. So, you know, or just, you know, you know you've yeah. got to be willing to take that extra step and uh, and also keeping that open mind. And uh, I, I personally think that uh, my cup is uh, is half full at this point in time, and I get a lot to learn from people like you, Darren. And I'll tell you what, I mean, Josh pushes these things in front of me all the time. Uh, it's just, you, you got to surround yourself with people that are going to make you want to be a little bit better. And uh, the more I do that, you know, you want to talk about leaning into, into leadership. Uh, I, I want my teachers thinking that way. I want my secretaries thinking that way. I want my custodial staff, my bus drivers. I want, you know, uh, cafeteria workers. How can we be a little bit better today than we were yesterday? And if that's the mindset we all embrace, guess what? We continue to grow. That's outstanding right there. You know, you, you said something earlier and I want to come back to it. And that is the it factor. And you clearly, my friend, are somebody who has the it factor and you continue to breed that in your school and in your community. And I appreciate you so very much. Thank you, Dean, for coming on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, man. I hope you have an absolutely incredible school year. I know you're still a few weeks away from it, man, but um, I know it's going to be an incredible year. I, I thank you very much, Darren, for the opportunity to be here. And you know what? When all the pieces of the puzzle are together, it's only up to me to make sure it's an absolutely great school year. And those are things we can control versus things that we can't control. So thank you, man. I appreciate that coming from you. Someone who's been in the trenches and someone who's been very successful while doing so. Uh, and again, you know, we never know what's coming around the corner, but I'll tell you what, we'll be as prepared as we possibly can be with systems in place to support students, staff, and our community members as needed. And that's all that a good school can do. 
I really enjoyed every bit of that interview with Dean Packard. I hope you did as well. Um, I love how he referred to the cafeteria as the largest restaurant in their town. I had never thought about our cafeteria, our food service programs in that way. And it shows just what an incredible builder of culture and what a value-driven person that Dean Packard is. So, Dean, thank you so much again for being a part of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. And now for a pep talk. And this comes right out of Dean's conversation. Dean talked about empowering people and getting out of the way. Leaders, that is one of the most important things you can do. We have this tendency as leaders to think sometimes that we have to be the be-all, end-all, that we have to be the one that solves everybody's problems. In truth, if we've done a great job of building culture, of living from our values, and focusing everyone on leading and living from those values, the best thing we can do is empower our people to make decisions, whether those are instructional decisions, program decisions, or even behavioral decisions, and then just get out of their way. Be there to support them, be their biggest cheerleader, and be the one to shine the spotlight on those people who are doing incredible work, lift them up, and celebrate them. That is great leadership. Empower your people, get out of their way, and cheer them on like there's no tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Make sure you grab onto that Leaning Into Leadership podcast challenge. Tag five people, share an episode. Make sure you tag me, Darren M. Peppard, in that social media post to get yourself entered. Episode 36 is when we will announce our five winners. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing you at the Teach Better conference. All of those pieces of information shared throughout this episode are in the show notes. Have yourself a road to awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.